haven't lived until you casually mention gay sex to your boss unsolicited. Yeah, so this week I asserted myself into a meeting where no one wanted me. I possibly got scammed from a restaurant called Sue's here in Montreal, and I accidentally ate spicy food. All in a week's work, uh, week number three in Montreal. Um, this is where I am now, sitting at my living room table. Tell me about my week. It's Sunday, November 21st, and I'm excited to get started and share with future you about current you's Okay, so my week didn't start the greatest. It started with me meeting all my colleagues in person. Um, that's my fellow colleagues, the assistants, um, associates, mostly everyone. And I said about nothing in an hour and a half meeting. Um, this is very bad because I did notice everyone trying to get their moment to shine. And I took a big as fuck L by staying silent the whole time. Admittedly, this is a growing moment where I need to be less anxious and just say shit. Um, I did have something to say and I felt like I missed my moment. And then I just stewed thinking about how I missed my moment. And I kept thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I've been thinking about this too long. I missed it now. Did I miss it now? Did I miss it now? Is it too late to bring up the past point? And sort of just kept ruminated on that. And honestly... I'm a manager, I'm fairly young, and I kind of take it in stride of like when I fuck up, it's like cool, this is something to learn in the future. So I'm trying to stay fairly vague about my job because again, the internet is scary and unless something horribly tragic happened to you, I'm pretty sure you should know what job I'm talking about and if you don't, ask someone and they'll explain it to you um but i will say that my dream job is teaching high school kids this current job is very vaguely adjacent but i did get to talk with some kids who ignored covid rules and although they did something wrong it was nice to be that much closer to my dream job because i don't really get the chance to talk to students right now unless they do something bad. So even though it's sad they had to talk to me, it was, it was nice to do so. So I don't really have an office. I don't know if I talked about this before, but I'm basically jumping from office space to office space, leaving notes, etc. But on Wednesday, I was at one of my colleagues' offices. He's called the Hated in this, or just say THT for short. Also, the name, I'm not going to explain the nickname, but I just want to point out, you do not hate him, okay? Anyways, so you just happened to land in his office at the same time that he was doing a specific meeting about conflict. So you asked hesitantly if you could join in, and the ATHT said yes. Um, and I was like, psyched, because I took the initiative, I asked to join in. But then... Moments before the meeting, they tried to disinvite me. And guess what I did? I used these fuckers' words against them. So a lot of my colleagues, a lot of those, like, 
very douchey words, like, loop me in, let's circle back to that. And I said, if I could be devil's advocate for why I should join, and I thought on my feet, and I got into that meeting. And honestly, I'm very proud of myself, because THT tried to stop me, but I fought back. And I made up, at least in my mind, a bit for staying completely silent during the last meeting. Also, I will say, although THT is vaguely an asshole, so are most of my colleagues, so overall he's okay, and I get why he wants to disinvite me. He was doing a new meeting, you know, he was worried about how he'd look, but I assured him I wouldn't judge him. And I mean, for the most part, I didn't. I judged his his student, who, who I... Now, who I think I actually do hate. His name should be The Hated, but his name will be Bob if he's ever brought up again. I hate Bob. Okay, so I went on a tangent and I actually slipped up and said a vocab that would alert people to my job. So I have to redo this, but this is a tangent about how Bob sucks. So Bob works for the same place I work, but they are an employee and he is directly under me, so I am Bob's boss. Adjacent, his direct boss, is THT, and it's my understanding that THT is too um, coddling to Bob. Bob is a teenage rich white man who is exactly who you expect him to be if everyone tells you you're amazing your whole life and you face no real adversity admittedly you don't know bob but like the way he acts is is like how you described is that he faced no real observance like no real hardship and he's kind of an asshole and in one of his like pieces he wrote he like randomly brought up oppression and anti-racism and learned about microaggressions and how the and how he should be taught that as an employer that should be a part of the curriculum for him and i was just like ugh, he's the worst he's the worst i felt like saying if you want this in your training then you should just learn yourself if it's not there so I could go on and on about Bob, you know, the fact that he's a kid. Also the fact that he fucked up and made his underlings, I can't think of a better word, feel like they fucked up, but in actuality he did. And I wish I interrupted and told him that, but you know what? Leadership is a process and I'm learning along the way and in hindsight, maybe it's good that you didn't really, you know, give him a talking to because he would have used that for fuel during his dumbass negotiations during this unionization talk. Here's the thing, I just want to point out, you are pro-union. Even though you personally are getting fucked because of unions, right now at least, you're still pro-unions. I know they're corrupt and they make workers lazy. I know all these things, but we've lived the other end of it. We know that when unions aren't in place, you know, employers like Amazon, like Bezos, they ruin people. So sure, right now, I'm getting treated like shit by my employees because they know they can't be fired. But at the same time, 
I'd rather this than people peeing in bottles and afraid to take breaks. So, you know, you're still on your stance. Fuck Amazon. You haven't used Amazon's products or bought from them for, I would say, like, eight years. Okay? And you've gone out of your way to avoid Amazon. You've used Etsy. And you've used eBay. And you've bought from, like, small business shops and spent, like, five times more money and waited like a hundred times longer for the product and you've done all that because you're against amazon and although this is a very odd tangent you will say that out of desperation you bought four products from amazon again i just want to note and highlight that you spent years never buying a product from amazon okay and you know, you hit a weak point and you bought it and you sort of understand why so much people give in and just buy Amazon, even though they're very loudly and openly a horrible, horrible organization. It's just, it's so convenient. And I know in theory you knew it was convenient, but to order a product on Friday and get it on Saturday, it just, it's like, oh my gosh. This, this is why they're succeeding. Because even though the world knows they're horrible, the world also loves convenience, even at the hands of evilness. So, you know, I give a little bit more slack to those who buy from Amazon, because I get it. Uh, will I continue laughing them? Hopefully not. But, you know, I think I'll try. I think I won't try quite as hard to avoid them as I normally did. So, I mean, I'm with, I guess I've got sucked into the capitalist bubble, you know, the sadism of it all. Sadism's a harsh word, and you would go back and edit it, but you know what? You just don't have the time. So there's my, like, six-minute tangent on Bob, who sucks, and Amazon and Bezos. But now I'm just going to go back to, <laughs> I'm going to go back to the meat and potatoes of my week. So as I've stressed a million times now, everyone I work with is boring. No one is funny and no one finds me funny, which I guess isn't a big of a deal to most people. I talk to my brother about it and he doesn't seem to care about it as much as I do. But I think it's kind of sad when you don't have like a work friend to talk shit with. But I think I'm going to wiggle my way to talk shit about Bob because I really need to talk shit about Bob with someone. Anyways, so the boss, again, not that funny, but I think they're slowly starting to think that at least I'm a little bit more interesting, you know? I think I've gone from a 10 out of 10 on the boring scale to maybe an 8 out of 10, mainly because... She's been trying to get us to talk about podcasts, but we've always run out of time during meetings to talk about non-serious things. But this time, I asked about podcasts when our one-on-one meeting was running. You know, we had extra time. So I was like, hey, in group meetings, we always try and get us to do this, but let's, let's talk about this now. So I know podcasts are pretty, like, basic, you know, but it was actually an interesting conversation. Um, I think... I made her smile, which I think is her version of a laugh, or at least the most I could get. 
Um, and that is where I brought up the phrase gay sex to her, which I cringe at, but I'm really hoping I said enough other things that they'll forget I said gay sex. Um, there's a podcast you love called More Perfect, and they have, like, at least a dozen episodes, okay? (laughs) They have dozens of episodes. And if you're going to be honest with yourself, you don't even remember the gay sex episode that much. And you forgot the word for gay sex. I think it's sodomy. I don't know. You can look it up. But the point is, that's all you could think of. And for some reason, that's all you consistently think of every time. But if someone were to ask you to retell the episode, you wouldn't even know. You wouldn't even know how to do that. That's how little of the episode you remember. So... That's cringe, because there are so many better episodes to talk about, specifically Cruel and Unusual Punishment episode. That was an interesting episode, okay, about how we euthanize prison inmates inmates on death road, okay? There was the, the guns episode, the right to bear arms, where they talk about the Black Panthers. There was the affirmative action episode, where that white girl was suing Harvard for not letting her in, okay? But no, I literally said the worst thing you could say, which is which is sex to your boss. It's not even the game part. It's that I could have just said sex. No, I couldn't have actually. Because it, it, it was specifically about how it used to be illegal. So... I could have said nothing. That's the truth of it. I could have said nothing, but you know what? I panicked and, you know, I was anxious and I fucked up and I'm hoping that no one, that she doesn't, that she doesn't remember. Okay. That's what I'm hoping because it's so embarrassing. So here's the thing. It's embarrassing, but it's also funny. But finally, you may be wondering, how did I eat spicy food? Specifically because you hate spicy food. If you saw a little flame, even just one, you would not have gotten the product. Well, I took a silver-wrapped package marked falafel from the cafeteria, trusting it would be vegetarian and have the normal fixings. Tomato, lettuce, turnip, pickle, onion, and tahini sauce. Almost every falafel has a variation of this, if not every single ingredient in this. I love falafel, okay? Mediterranean, Middle Eastern, Lebanese, Lebanese food, that's my jam, okay? Falafels are great. But surprise, surprise, Montreal cafeteria version was such a shitty experience. First of all, there was no pickles, and I love pickles, okay? There was like one turnip. There was no sauce, okay? I was eating a dry-ass falafel. The falafels itself were already dry, and they tasted like cinnamon because some moron probably mixed up the spices and shook cinnamon in there, okay? So I'm eating that, and then surprise, surprise, it's spicy, and I'm eating, I'm thinking, is it spicy? Am I imagining things? And that's my pull-out several jalapeno peppers okay so to be fair though at the beginning the jalapeno peppers masked 
the cinnamon taste of falafel but once I pulled those out there was no hiding behind anything and I had to throw it out near the end of it like I couldn't do it anymore this is like I don't know one of the second items I threw out I also like pushed hard not to have to throw it out so I didn't throw out a lot of it because you like to consider yourself environmentalist and environmentalist try to waste as little as possible okay i know so far from this episode of buying products from amazon online and throwing out so much food it seems like i'm not environmentalist but i'd still like to consider myself one okay even though my food options so far has shown otherwise but speaking of food you went on a walk to park la fontaine Okay, you wanted to go to the Olympic Stadium, but, you know, it got late and you didn't want to get home when the sun was setting at like 4 p.m. So you thought the shorter walk to the park would be easier, which it was. And on the way there, you stopped into a random cafe that was empty and less intimidating to buy a sandwich and a drink, okay? tofu sandwich, lychee drink, it came up to $16. And I'm convinced that you got ripped off because you spoke English and they thought you were a tourist. And who cares about tourists if I rip them off, right? What are they going to do, like, come down here again? But you're a dumb black person with a chip on their shoulder who gave a tip and ended up paying $18, okay? Also, I just want to preface, you don't actually think you're dumb, um you're not even really a negative self-talk person i think you're in your head because you call people moron all the time and then someone called you a narcissist because they thought i literally thought everyone was a moron which i don't i say moron like one would say silly you know like i don't truly mean it i digress the point is you're not really a negative self-talker you know you don't but but I guess you caught on to this horrible habit to try and seem more humble, which is ridiculous because you, you know, you can't call yourself humble because you're an asshole, you know, but, but like, let's be real, yeah. Anyways, so you paid $18 for a drink and a sandwich, fine, the sandwich was good, but 100% was not $18 worth. And it took you a minute to warm up to the aloe. I was excited though because it was like aloe vera lychee version, which you haven't seen before. This was like from Sue's restaurant. It was like a specific Asian cafe. I don't know what place in Asia. I saw kimchi, so maybe Korea, but like I don't want to guess wrong. So I'll just say Asia in general. The food tasted good. It just like wasn't $18 good. Um, but... Anyways, you do have a chip on your shoulder, and you also have hair on your face. What a great combination. So you spent $22 removing it from your face. Yeah, so you didn't just get ripped off on food. You got, you got ripped off from ripping hair off your face. Again, I know this is bonkers because in Toronto... You found a place where you spent $6, but here, 
it's 22. And it was 22, including tip, because again, you're, you're, in, you're a wild bananas bonkers person who tipped on a $20 very short wax, okay? This was maybe a total of two minutes. $20 for two minutes? Ugh, preposterous, okay? If anyone besides Jen made it this far into the podcast, hear me cry. There are so many annoying things about racism, and one of them is the forced tip. Because even though I did give a shitty 10% tip, I did feel I had to at least give that. I will never go back to that place, but I will go on a hunt around Little India hoping to find a cheaper waxer. Because Little India is where you got waxed in Toronto, okay? Not official Little India, but like unofficially. Because stereotypes say there are hairier people, you know? And from what you observe, it's true. I say this as a kindred spirit, a kindred hairy person. I like the Indians in that regard. We share something together, okay? So they're super cheap and they're very good at their job. Not to say this place didn't do a good removal, it actually, it was less painful (laughs) than it is in Toronto, but like, I deal with like 1% more pain while saving, like, what is this? 16 bucks? Yeah, yeah, I deal with a little bit more pain for a $16 save, because this is like a once every three weeks sort of situation I need to get this shit done with. I would even argue once every two weeks, because... It's horrifically grows very fast. Um, I digress. No, I don't digress. I'm really annoyed about this. This was a dumb thing. I was desperate. I had to take, usually I keep my mask on. So like for like the whole summer, I didn't even care. I was like a wildebeest because no one saw my face. But I had to take off my mask for surprise eating a meal with THT, who suggested to go for lunch after the meeting that I skimmied, what is that, shimmied my way into. So I went to lunch with THT and Waterloo, or Lou for short, and I had to take off my mask, and I was so embarrassed, okay? The lights were bright, there was no hiding from the Yeti, okay? So I spent the $22, and maybe it's worth it for my own confidence sake, but I won't have to take my mask off again for, like, no, weeks again. So, no one will see that I've got the work done anyways. <sighs> so, I'm really worked up about this. I will... I saw that there was a little India um, in Montreal. But I don't even want to go to little India. Like, I just want to go somewhere where I could get cheap hair removal and I don't think it'll be a little India because I didn't go to the official little India in Toronto it was like an unofficial version so I might just look up like poor areas in MTL and then go there because the prices will be more affordable I don't know man this is something I'm gonna have to do like twice monthly so I I really need to find a deal and I can't do $22 okay But I don't want to really have 
ended this with a massive bummer. So, one good thing, the hill still sucks, but it sucks, I'd say, 5% less. And the other thing I want to end on a happy note is I got my first black nod from an older black woman who was with her teen and her tween kids. And she did a smile at me, you know, which was nice. I really, my heart swelled because I haven't had a black nod in weeks. And then something that made me genuinely happy that like made me smile from ear to ear was that I saw a mother got her doctorate and she was trying to take a selfie and I was watching her and she had small arms similar to myself and I was like oh I wish I wish I could go and offer help and I was staring really hard and when she looked up I I did the take a photo sort of hand gesture in case she spoke French and she nodded her head and I came in she was like in a courtyard I went to the courtyard I took the photos for her, and I was like, congratulations, you got your doctorate, that's amazing. And when I look back, I only wish that I gushed more, like I imagine I went to her kids, and I was like, oh my gosh, your sister's incredible, she got her doctorate, you know, and then she's like, oh, I'm actually their mom, and I'd be like, oh wow, that's even more incredible, you're like a superhero, your mom's a superhero. Um, to get their doctorate while they're a mom, that you have the best mom in the world, huh? And I offered to take the photo in a better location. And of course, I wish I did all those things because, you know, it's tough. She had the two kids. She was trying to do so much. I just wanted to help as much as I could. But I saw that she was genuinely happy to get, you know, the help I offered. So I sort of, I, I smiled a bit on my way home. Because even though it's like a cliche, I genuinely really love to help people. Um, and I haven't really been able to do that for the past three weeks here. I think now, like, <laughs> this is often, I'm now going on another, you know, I'm having an epiphany while I'm speaking. But I think for the past, like, six years, not even six years, for my whole life every week at least there's someone who needs my help and I was able to help them in some capacity be it family or friends or what's not and it's been three weeks where I didn't need to like physically help someone and maybe that's what's making me feel off kilter is that there's no one to support in some way I really hope that's not the case because you know I really need to go to therapy if that's the case. But I'm thinking about how excited I felt when I took that photo for someone, which is such a small thing, but it got it brought me genuinely so much joy. So I wonder if that's my issue, is that I don't have a purpose really. Or at least I'm doing a job that I think isn't that important. You know... Maybe you'll have this existential crisis offline, <laughs> um, but you'll likely just forget about it and pretend like this isn't happening. So don't worry, future Jen, if you're like, oh, but I want to hear you have this, this breakdown. It's not a breakdown. It's just a curiosity. I'll ponder it some more because like you do also 
you can get burnt out. And I think you got burnt out helping with some different family stuff. So superficial help like this was nice. Or like helping with friends with stuff. You know, you're just going to log off of here. Because this is not entertaining anymore. You said you were going to end on a happy note. And the happy note was helping that woman take a photo who just got her doctorate degree and complimenting her. That felt really good. And the hill is less intense. It, it was a 10 out of 10 intensity. Now it's a 9.5 out of 10. So that's exciting too. Hope your week number four is that much better than week number three. But right now, you'd still give Montreal... Um, Pretty low rankings because you don't speak the language, so you understand it's your fault, but it's a 3 out of 10.